And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gents. This is a podcast number from Orlando, Florida, on this awesome international podcast. Good wine and great laughs. Season 7, episode number 11. And today's topic is the history of Israel and Palestine conflict 101. You know shortly what type of wine I am drinking, so ladies and gents, let's get this party started. Let's go! Alright, ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is a podcast and over from Orlando, Florida, on this awesome international podcast, Good Wine and Great Laughs, Season 7, Episode number 11. Once again, today's topic is the history of Israel and Palestine, Conflict 101. And today is Saturday, October 14th, 2023, and the weather here in Orlando will be with the partly cloudy skies, highs of 86 And lowest of 71. But before I jump right on today's topic, I let you know I gotta let you know about the wine of the day here at Casa Casa Nova. And ladies and yes, today we are going to France. We I went just back into time to get one of the wine that I used to drink in the early 2003. 2004, when I was living in Virginia, and this wine is a Beaujolais Village, and the vintage of 2022, and according to, like I said, vintage 2022, according to the label in the back, it says Beaujolais Village is orange, is an uneasy drinking wine. And made with the grapes of the highest quality from the Beaujolais region of Burgundy. Grape 100% gamay flavor, a plum wine with notes of strawberry, blackberry, and spice. Pair it with mild cheeses and poultry dishes. Uh, alcohol percent of this wine per volume is 13% alcohol. And like I said, ladies, I drink this wine many, many times. But my personal opinion and rate about this wine is a 9.5. 9.5 that I give to this wine, ladies and gents. So let's sip on these. And the Beaujolais is for bougie people. <laughs> for those that like full body and mouth back, you definitely would love the Beaujolais. And this wine is not sweet, ladies and So if you like sweet wine, you know about this life. So stay away from it. <laughs> 
I don't want you to cuss me out. Say, oh, Casanova gave me a bad wine. They talk about the wine is 9.5, but the wine is terrible. Like I say, stay in your lane. This wine is not for you. So I always let you know when I have a, a sweet, easy drink wine, I let you know. And like I always do, the picture of this bottle, you're going to see the image of the bottle on my YouTube channel, ladies and gents. Same name as the podcast, Good Wine and Great Laughs. Also, you're going to see the picture of this wine bottle on all my social media, such as Instagram, Facebook page, and LinkedIn. So, like I said, just type the name of the podcast, and it's going to be under Season 7, Episode 11, ladies and gents. So, let's jump right on today's topic. The reason that I decided to talk about this is because if you do not know what's going on, you know, in the Middle East, the situation between Israel and Palestine, the attack that Hamas made against like a bunch of Israeli people on the music festival, they end up killing a lot of people, kidnapping some people, and You're going to listen to a couple of audios, ladies and gents. And first of all, I want you to have an open mind, regardless of your position, whatever you think, who's right and who's wrong. I want you to, first of all, open your mind and listen. Listen before make any conclusion of the situation for you to, first of all, understand the history of and the roots of this conflict that is going on for centuries. So, and then, we're going to, now, I, I, my first two blocks, we're going to listen to two different audio videos, audios of the videos that I found related to this conflict. And then, after the break, I come to another one that talk about on the Palestine side of what Israel has done against them through the years. So, let me pause the background music right here, so we can jump right on it. And the first video, first audio they're going to listen is from the Behind the News. Even though this video was two years ago, it has everything to do with what's going on in that region at the moment. Here we go. What you need to know about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The region is experiencing some of the worst violence it's seen in years. It's escalated from clashes in the streets to deadly rocket attacks and airstrikes. What's happening is the result of a number of different recent events. Palestinians have accused Israeli police of heavy-handed policing during Ramadan. Also, there have been viral social media posts of Palestinians attacking Jewish people anti-Arab slogans being chanted by Israeli nationalists at a march through the streets, and a general increase in cases of harassment of Palestinians and violence by both sides. All of this is happening against the backdrop of a high-profile court case surrounding the potential eviction of Palestinian families from their homes in the East Jerusalem neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah. None of these events on their own may seem big enough to cause this level of violence. But the anger that we're seeing now is fueled by more than a century of tensions, war, oppression and trauma. 
So to properly understand what's going on now, you need to look back. Let's start with the basics. When we talk about Israel and Palestinian territories, we mean these areas. This is Israel, and this is Gaza and the West Bank, which are also known as occupied territories. Most of the people who live in Gaza and the West Bank call themselves Palestinians. They have their own governing bodies and speak mostly Arabic, whereas the official language of Israel is Hebrew. Within the UN, more than 130 nations currently recognize the state of Palestine. Others, like the United States, Israel and Australia, refuse. While violence between Israeli Jews and Palestinians isn't anything new, it wasn't always like this. Before the First World War, there was no Israel. All of this area was part of the Ottoman Empire and was home to many different ethnic groups and religions. While most were Arab Muslims, there were also Christians and Jews. After defeating the Ottomans in the First World War, Britain took control of this area, which became known as the British Mandate for Palestine. Meanwhile, the area was seeing a significant increase in Jewish migration. It had a lot to do with a movement known as Zionism, which aimed to create a Jewish state in the region, the ancient homeland of the Jews. This was something that the British leaders had shown support for, but Britain didn't explicitly promise a Jewish state or a Palestinian state as we would understand it. At this time, Jewish migrants bought land in the area, which increased tensions between Jewish nationalists and Palestinians, and led to some Palestinian peasants having to vacate lands their families had lived on and farmed, sometimes for hundreds of years. It also led to a Palestinian uprising against the British, who were supported by Jewish militia. The uprising was unsuccessful and led to far greater losses amongst the Arab forces. What followed in the late 1930s was a policy paper issued by Britain that included restrictions on Jewish immigration and land purchases, and angered Jewish nationalists, eventually leading to an insurrection by Jewish militias. Then came World War II and the Holocaust, one of the worst genocides in modern history that resulted in the deaths of six million Jews. By then, hundreds of thousands of Jewish refugees were stranded in Europe. After the war, Britain decided to hand Palestine's future to the UN. The UN then came up with a partition plan to split the region into two separate states, one Arab and one Jewish, with Jerusalem as a separate international territory. As you can probably guess, it didn't work out. The Palestinians thought it was unfair and rejected the plan because they were a considerable majority at the time, but were only assigned less than half the land. The Jewish leadership were also unhappy, but ended up agreeing to the decision and blamed the Arabs for initiating violence in the aftermath. On the 14th of May, 1948, Jewish leaders declared Israel an independent state. What followed was a war between the Israeli army and Palestinians, who had some support from neighboring Arab states. By 1949, Israel had won the war and claimed more land than the UN's original partition plan. Jordan, which sided with the Palestinians, occupied land which became known as the West Bank, while Egypt occupied Gaza. Jerusalem, a city at the heart of the conflict and religiously significant to both Jews and Muslims, was divided between Israeli forces and Jordanian forces, although there was never an official peace agreement. Throughout this period, including time before the conflict, it's estimated hundreds of thousands of Palestinians became refugees in neighboring countries and territories. Many had been forced from their homes. Others fled. Fast forward to 1967, 
and there was another war between Israel and its Arab neighbours. It's known as the Six-Day War, and ended with Israel controlling Gaza, the West Bank, and the Sinai Peninsula. Egypt and Israel signed a peace treaty in 1979, with Israel agreeing to withdraw from the Sinai Peninsula. But Gaza, the West Bank, and East Jerusalem continued to be occupied by Israel. Throughout this period, many Palestinians continued to push for independence. Israel also unilaterally annexed East Jerusalem in 1980, which basically means the forceful taking of one state's territory by another. Although in this case, it was technically the taking of an occupied territory. This annexation by Israel is considered illegal by the international community. In 1987, there was a Palestinian uprising known as an Intifada, which involved a series of protests and violent riots. Israel was also criticised by some nations internationally for its strong response. All up, more than 250 Israelis and more than 1,900 Palestinians were killed, including many civilians. There were steps forward in the 90s, when Palestinian Liberation Organisation leader Yasser Arafat met with Israeli PM Yitzhak Rabin and agreed to work towards a two-state solution. They came close, but didn't seal a final agreement. Then, in 2000, there was a second, more deadly intifada that lasted almost five years. And in 2005, Israel left the Gaza Strip. Just a quick side note, since 2005, Israel disputes that Gaza is occupied. However, Israel largely controls entry into Gaza and directly controls Gaza's maritime territory and airspace. So it's still considered by the international community to be part of the occupied territories. Hopes for peace were further complicated in 2006, when a militant Islamic group known as Hamas won the Palestinian election. The result led to violent clashes between Hamas and rival Palestinian party Fatah. Today, the Palestinian territory's leadership is divided. Hamas controls Gaza, while a coalition government, dominated by the Palestine Liberation Organization and its biggest faction, Fatah, oversee the West Bank. Hamas has been labelled a terrorist organisation by the United States, the EU and Australia, but not by the United Nations. It's been criticised for targeting civilians and for rocket attacks on Israel, which are unguided but can be deadly. All of this history is an important part of understanding some of the reasons behind the conflict today. For the Jewish people, fear and trauma caused by the events of the past century, as well as a number of wars with its Arab neighbours and decades of terrorist attacks, provide a bit of context to its behaviour over the years, which has been criticised for being aggressive and disproportionate. Palestinians, on the other hand, point to the displacement, discrimination, continuing settlement and daily life under military rule that they say they've faced during this period of time. Israel maintains tight control over Gaza's borders, with severe restrictions on what people and goods can come in and out of the territory. And in the West Bank, Israel has boots on the ground and significant control over everyday life. Over time, Israel's governments have allowed more and more Jewish settlers to move in, which has stirred up new tensions. Jewish settlements and forced expropriation of Palestinian land in the occupied territories are illegal under international law. It's important to note that there is a significant population of Palestinians who remained in Israel and are full citizens, although human rights groups say they still face discrimination. 
And a recent report by the non-governmental organisation Human Rights Watch has accused Israel of acts of apartheid, persecution and apparent deliberate attacks on civilians in Gaza. Back to the current situation. Israelis blame Hamas for escalating the conflict by firing rockets from Gaza at the Israeli civilian population and that their aerial strikes on Gaza are a justified response. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has also said that militants will pay a heavy price for their actions. Palestinians argue that they're not the instigator of the violence and their rockets are in reaction to Israeli oppression and a part of an ongoing resistance to occupation. Also, that the conflict is imbalanced, as Israel has a far superior and more deadly military, which has contributed to more damage and a much higher death toll in Gaza in this conflict so far. By this point, hopefully you've got more of an idea of how this latest spate of violence escalated so quickly, and why it has so many people worried. As with most conflicts, innocent people are being caught in the crossfire, and leaders around the world are calling for calm. Things are changing quickly, and many are hoping we're not seeing the start of another major round of violence in this part of the world. Thanks for... Alright ladies and gentlemen, the next audio they're going to listen is from the TRT world and they talk about some information about what the Palestinian Liberation Organization and also Nelson Mandela gave his two cents about what he believed the Palestine Liberation Organization that he stand with the Palestinian Liberation Organization back in the days. I believe this, this I'm not sure if that's a UN uh, conference or it's just like some event that he participates so listen to it we identify with the PLO because just like ourselves they are fighting for the right of self-determination apartheid is an Afrikaans word meaning separateness or the state of being apart so why is Israel called an apartheid state in 1961, the South African Prime Minister and architect of South Africa's apartheid policies, Hendrik Verwoerd, himself recognized the similarities between his country and Israel. He dismissed Israel's vote against South African apartheid at the United Nations, saying, Israel is not consistent in its new anti-apartheid attitude. They took Israel away from the Arabs after the Arabs lived there for a thousand years. In that, I agree with them. Israel, like South Africa, is an apartheid state. The crime of apartheid under the Apartheid Convention and Rome Statute consists of three primary elements. An intention to maintain a system of domination by one racial group over another. Systematic oppression by one racial group over another. One or more inhumane acts as defined carried out on a widespread or systematic basis pursuant to those policies. Inhumane acts included in both the International Apartheid Convention and the Rome Statute include forcible transfer, expropriation of landed property, creation of separate reserves and ghettos, the right to leave and to return to their country, and the right to a nationality. Welcome to life for Palestinians in Israel and the occupied Palestinian territories. In addition, the Rome Statute describes the crime against humanity of persecution as the intentional and severe deprivation of fundamental rights contrary to international law by reason of the identity of the group or collectivity, including on racial, national, or ethnic grounds. Since the foundation of the State of Israel, via the ethnic cleansing of up to 300,000 Palestinians from their ancestral homelands by Zionist militias in the 1948 Nakba, or catastrophe, and Israel's subsequent occupation of further territory after the 1967 war, there are now two groups in Israel and the occupied Palestinian territories. 
Jewish Israelis and Palestinians, ruled by a primary sovereign, the Israeli government. A stated aim of this government is to ensure that Jewish Israelis maintain domination across Israel and the occupied territories. In 2018, Israel passed a law with constitutional status affirming Israel as the nation-state of the Jewish people, declaring that within that territory the right to self-determination is unique to the Jewish people and establishing Jewish settlement as a national value. To maintain Jewish-Israeli control, Israeli authorities have systematically implemented measures designed to contain what it calls the demographic threat presented by Palestinians. Those policies include limiting the population and political power of Palestinians, granting the right to vote only to some Palestinians who live within the borders of Israel as they existed from 1948 to June 1967, limiting the ability of Palestinians to move to Israel from the occupied territories. Other steps which are taken to ensure Jewish domination are the official separation of Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza, preventing the movement of people and goods within and between the occupied territories, and the Judaization of areas with significant Palestinian populations, such as the current home evictions being witnessed in Sheikh Jarrah. These measures aim to consolidate Jewish-Israeli control over land while forcibly concentrating Palestinians into severely crowded populations with restricted access to land, housing, and resources, while encouraging and supporting Jewish and Jewish-dominated communities to grow and flourish. Israel often boasts of being the only democracy in the Middle East, and that its Palestinian citizens enjoy full and equal rights, but this is far from the truth. Palestinians are subject to completely separate and unequal treatment compared to Jewish-Israeli settlers. In the occupied West Bank, Palestinians are subject to a brutal system of military law and segregation. In the Gaza Strip, Palestinians live in the largest open-air prison on Earth. In annexed East Jerusalem, occupied territory under international law, Palestinians have an inferior legal status that weakens their residency rights, allowing them to be forcibly evicted from their homes. While Palestinians in Israel, but not the occupied territories, have the right to vote and participate in Israeli elections, these rights still do not help them overcome systemic discrimination. In the early 1970s, Palestinians began to compare Israeli proposals for Palestinian autonomy to the Bantustan strategy of South Africa, which would essentially see a series of tightly controlled ethnic ghettos, rather than actual political autonomy. In the 1990s, the term Israeli apartheid gained prominence after Israel, as a result of the Oslo Accords, granted Palestinians limited self-government in the form of the Palestinian Authority, and established a suffocating system of permits and checkpoints. Allegations of apartheid grew further following Israel's construction of the West Bank barrier. Israel continues to punish Palestinians in the occupied territories with a number of ongoing abuses. Severe restrictions on the movement of 4.7 million Palestinians, the confiscation of land, harsh conditions including the denial of building permits, the denial of residency rights to hundreds of thousands of Palestinians and their relatives, the suspension of basic civil rights such as freedom of assembly and association. On top of this system of control comes the war crimes committed as Israel has routinely attacked Gaza under the guise of fighting terrorism. In recent weeks, public opinion has shifted radically as home evictions in Sheikh Jarrah and Israel's attacks on Gaza have illustrated the brutality of Israel's system of control over the Palestinian people. The question is, how long can it continue? Alright ladies and gentlemen, with that note, I'm going to take a quick, quick break. When I come back, I have another awesome audio for you to listen to. And then I'm going to give my two cents about the whole situation. Your boy Casting Up is coming back shortly.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the broadcast enough for the second and final block of today's podcast. So let me jump right on this report right here. This report from the Al Jazeera English. And the title of this report is No Justice for Palestinians Victims of Israeli Settlers Violence. So here we go. The ambulance crew were lucky to escape without serious injury when settlers threw rocks at their vehicle last week. They were called out to treat Palestinians who'd been injured when settlers attacked a village in the occupied West Bank. I didn't think we would make it out of there alive. We were driving between cars that were on fire and I would never have expected that they would attack an ambulance. There were an average of 17 settler attacks a week on Palestinians in 2022, a 170% increase in five years according to the UN. With Israel's new governing coalition, including far-right ministers elected by settlers, many Palestinians fear the violence will get worse. The US government says it opposes settlement expansion and the legalization of outposts. But the Israeli government is promising to do just that. Those new grey and white apartments over there are illegal settlements right here in the heart of the West Bank. And last year, just 3% of police cases involving settler violence resulted in a conviction. Firas Alami is from an Israeli group that monitors settler attacks. He says they now have no fear and come right into the villages. They are emboldened because Israeli law enforcement gives them impunity and the power to carry on and escalate. When there is no accountability, the attacks increase and so does the violence. Today, because they are in a position of power within the government, they feel more immune. Settlements started appearing not long after Israel occupied the West Bank in the 1967 Arab-Israeli War. There are now around 290 of them, all illegal under international law. The settlements, in blue on this map, are gradually expanding and will eventually join together. A tactic Palestinian official Hassan Daglas says was used when Israel was founded. They want to implement a plan to transfer Palestinians from areas close to settlements, a scene similar to that in 1948 when Zionist gangs committed massacres and instilled fear to drive Palestinians out of their homes. Today we have another attempt, new gangs, new names, price tag, hilltop youth, you name it. No settlers have been charged in connection with the attack on the ambulance on Saturday. Israeli police say they'll investigate the incident, but have yet to make any arrests. Bernard Smith, Al Jazeera, Ramallah. See, ladies and gentlemen, as you heard from the Al Jazeera, let me correct my pronunciation, Al Jazeera Network, you know. Oh, let me pour me a glass of wine, and I'm going to give you my two cents. Um, this situation right here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you heard, many reports related to this situation. You can see that even though, if you see the media pulling strings towards Israel, 
Israel is not innocent at all. Okay? So now you heard reports about illegal illegal settlements. The UN state that that's illegal what they're doing. Now, once you put it, the same thing that happened to apartheid in South Africa, the same thing that happened with Native Americans in the United States, black people, the Asian immigrants that want to put the people under some type of control related to them as a superhuman, related to them as they don't deserve the right of anything. You take the land, you take everything, basically strip them of almost everything. It's going to get to the point that enough is enough. Now let's make one thing clear. I'm completely against the killing of innocent people, regardless of your religion, sex orientation, or whatever the case may be. So, what happened on October 7th, the attack of the Hamas against the Abundant Jewish on the music festival is wrong. The bombing of houses, anything in Gaza from the Israeli is completely wrong. So a lot of kids and a bunch of uh, women, property and bills have been destroyed. But the same token, you know what I'm saying? All life is precious. So for all religious people, all the Christian people there, I'm a Christian, but I'm, I, I'm going to stay on the facts that I believe what's true, what's right is right regardless. So just because the Israel is the, you know, the Christian believe that the promised land, that the Jewish believe that Jerusalem belongs to them, but you cause a harm to other people. And my belief is in the eyes of God, every life is precious and every creature on this planet is precious because these are, it's, it's, it, it is his creation. So once you mistreat any human being, once you don't care about nature or if you don't care about the environment, you are basically trashing what God created. And also, if you're going to talk about the Bible and the religion, God put us, us here, if you believe in the Bible, you know, or you have the Christian's values, we are here as a human being to be a steward. That means you should take care of it. And what we are doing this planet, you're just destroying this planet because the greedy of money and power. Now, when it comes to, like I said, the Palestinians and what Israel is doing, Israel is not innocent at all. And I give this example on my YouTube channel when I was talking about the summary of today's podcast. And I make a question that I'm going to say my question. Have you ever chased a rat? If you never chase a rat, let me explain what happened. All right? You can get your broom, you can get your stick, or whatever. You find a rat on your your house, on your place of 
work or whatever in your garage, here comes a rat, so you decide to get rid of that rat. So you get your whatever you need to get, your, your sand, whatever, and try to chase that rat. As long as there is space for the rat to go anywhere he can go, the rat's going to run from you. But it's going to get the point that if you get that rat on the corner, the rat's going to be look to the left, look to the right, up and down. If there's no other way, but only you in front of the rat, guess what the rat's going to do? The rat's going to jump right and go through you to escape, to survive. I make this comparison what's going on on the Palestine, Palestinians over there. All this pressure and everything that Israel did that's wrong just because United States also, like I said, President Biden saying, I'm a Democrat, but also I disagree 100% what the Biden is doing is because they keep saying, oh, you're going to know, going, uh, Israel is our ally, so I'm going to be there with them. But just because we are allies, I'm going to call it spade a spade. You know, so the same way if you're in a relationship or have a friends or brothers and sister, and if that person is doing anything that's wrong, personally, I will call them out. Could be my spouse, could be my mom, could be my, my sister, could be my children. Just because I love you and that capacity because I have a relationship with you doesn't mean that I'm going to stand with you when you do things that are completely wrong is immoral. So what Israel has done towards the Palestinian people is completely wrong. The atrocities and the killing they already did against the Palestine nation is completely wrong. The domination to want to control everything and steal from them is completely wrong. So my personal opinion as far as to resolve that situation is going to just divide the whole land, ter that, that territory, and North and South, just like North Korea and South Korea. That, that should have a line of division when it comes to Jerusalem. Keep Jerusalem as a neutral state that's going to be for religious purpose for both because for, for the Muslim people and for the Israelis and to many Christians, Israel and Jerusalem is a very important piece of land. It's a holy land. So to keep the peace, as far as the religious concern, it could be open and neutral for both parties. But then you could have the north to the Palestinians and the south to doggone Israel and let each one govern its own land. And I think that's my personal opinion to resolve the situation. You know, but who am I? You know, this that's <laughs> no, they don't listen to Casanova. But these are my two saints related to this opinion. But all I'm saying is this, ladies and gents. So don't go the okie doke to believe <clears throat> that Israel is a hundred percent innocent in this situation because it's not. And like I said before, the killing of innocent people does not justify anything. So innocent people has been has has died and is still dying on both sides. So that's one thing that needs to be resolved. And I hope President Biden should have this approach in case, and not just the President Biden, but also the UN, the United Nations, 
to resolve the situation once and for all. And ladies and gents, on that note, I'd like to thank all of you people that listen to this awesome and international podcast. Please keep sharing with all your friends and family. Good Wine and Great Lives podcasts come all the way from the bottom and move straight to the top. Aim to be the number one spot. Please feel free to visit my YouTube channel. Leave your comment. Subscribe. Click on the like button of every video that you watch because these two clicks going to help tremendously this YouTube channel to grow fast as possible. I appreciate your support. Once again, this is boy Casanova. Please be safe, be kind, and be blessed. And do the best what you can do with what you got. And I'll see you next Saturday. Holla! Coming from the bottom, moving straight to the top. Coming with the pull-up for the number one spot. Pushing my back like a push I on the block. Holding my down, sucker rappers get lost. Coming from the bottom, moving straight to the top. Coming with the pull-up for the number one spot. Pushing my back like a push I on the block. Holding my down, sucker rappers get lost. Coming from the bottom, moving straight to the top. Coming with the pull-up for the number one spot. Pushing my back like a push I on the block. Holding my Sucker, papas, get me.